You are Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome to the Fantasy Football 24-7 Podcast. Fantasy Football all day, every day. What is up? Welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7 Podcast. It is Monday, November 26th. Hope you guys all enjoyed your turkey day. Willie and Derek here from Fantasy Football 24-7. You can find me on Twitter at WillieFF247. Hit up Derek at Dbro underscore FFB. And you can find the main page at FFB underscore 247. On today's show, we will do what we always do on Monday. We're going to talk some Week 12 studs and does. We're going to preview tonight's Monday night matchup. Dbro, how's your Thanksgiving, man? Oh, man, it was so good. We had all kinds of turkeys, some good stuff. You know, I mean, we had booze, we had turkey, we had dressing, the full nine, man. I was trying to figure out through the whole week, like, <laughs> I mean, we had a 15-pound bird, man. So, like, for our family, I was like, man, what the hell do you do with all this leftover turkey? So, we've been making, like, turkey tacos. I ended up making some jambalaya, you know, pulling the Louisiana card on this one today instead of chicken. I was like, all right, we're going to chop up some turkey and just roll with that. How was your Thanksgiving, dude? It was good, bro. Can't complain, man. Football, food, we had some booze, family. It was all good, man. It's it's crazy it's over, and that also means that it is almost playoff time, dude. We are one game away from playoffs starting next week. If, and look, if your playoffs don't start next week, then you have a rookie commissioner. You need to talk to him. Playoffs have to start <laughs> next week. I mean, that's like fantasy one-on-one. I hope we're, we're, we're past that. You know what I'm saying? Oh, hell yes, man. I mean, look, if you got uh, playoffs in week 17, you might as well burn your money. You might as well quit that league. You might as well just (laughs) – you got to get better, man, because week 17 is total trash for fantasy playoffs. So do better. Try better next year. (laughs) Do better. I love it. All right, man, let's get rolling. Before we do, don't forget to get entered to win that signed Earl Campbell Hall of Fame edition jersey this year. That's coming up soon, man. We're going to be giving that bad boy away. All you have to do to enter win is rate and review us on iTunes. Be sure to leave your Twitter handle or your email in the review so we can get a hold of you if you are the winner. All right, dude, let's fire this thing up. We'll start with the studs. Uh, top 10 as of right now, Christian McCaffrey. Holy shit, man. We'll talk about him in a minute. Amari Cooper in the two spot, Juju Smith-Schuster behind him, followed by Saquon, Barkley, Nick Chubb, Dak Prescott, Kenyon Drake, Austin Eckler, Josh Allen popping up in here, yeah. and, ba- and, and Baker Mayfield rounding out that top 10, man. Talk to me about the first guy you want to talk about. Talk to me about Christian McCaffrey. Dude, I first, before, I can't even, I, I can't even, I, I can't get on the Josh Allen train. I, I, I can't believe he made it in there. 99 but rush it, yards, baby. Oh, that'll do it. It'll do it every single time, man, but. The guy that bested him in the rushing department. You see that transition? See what I did there? Love um, it. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey. Holy moly. He went total freaking beast mode, dude. 28 touches, 237 yards, two touchdowns. And that's not all in the rushing department. This dude had 125 rushing yards, 112, 11 receptions in the passing game this is his second highest rushing total of his entire career his fourth double digit target game of his career walking into this monday night matchup i mean look we we still i mean we're recording this right now still finishing up with the you know the, the late slate game 
he was the number one player in all of fantasy. The next closest guy was Amari Cooper. Oh my gosh. Christian McCaffrey went nuts, dude. I, I mean, what can you say? I definitely faded him far more than I should, and I will eat crow on that every single day. The dude is a locked-in top five running back rest of season, and if you don't believe that, like I said earlier, like you might as well just put yourself in the Week 17 playoff contingent because you need to quit fantasy, man. This dude has been a beast. Yeah, and I think I think it was Nate that uh, preseason. Me and him were were talking on Twitter, and he, I was, <laughs> I was trying to tell him, dude, I was trying to tell him that he was far too low on Christian McCaffrey, and this is exactly why, dude. It doesn't matter if he's having twenty plus carries a game. The dude is heavily involved every single game, and what I can say, man, is whole. Find me a better fantasy playoff schedule, dude. At Tampa Bay at Cleveland, home to New Orleans, and then home to Atlanta. I mean, you cannot – you can't write a better script for this guy on your fantasy squad in the playoffs, dude. I think he's going to be an absolute difference maker. I think he is going to win championships, man. I really do. Oh, I absolutely believe it because you look at two things that win championships, and it's volume, okay, check, and touchdowns, uh, check, check. The dude is, I mean, he's game script proof. His pass game role allows him that on a weekly basis. It doesn't matter what the hell he does on the early downs. The dude just got 11 targets and 11 receptions. He's basically your wide receiver one playing running back. <laughs> yeah, dude, five touchdowns over the past, past five games. It's 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 something else, man. And look, my next, my, my stud, he is not putting, he didn't put up the points. Uh, of a uh, of Mr. Christian McCaffrey, but I got to go Phillip Rivers. Call it the homer card. I am fine with that. But the old man still has game, bro. Finished the day 28 for, of 29 for 259 and three touchdowns. That's a 96% completion percentage, man. Tied the all-time record for consecutive completions with 25 in a row. He did eventually get pulled out of the game because, I mean, it was a blot against the Cardinals or he would even had a, a better, better fantasy game. Currently the number nine quarterback on the week, but damn, man, I, I just had to give my boy in here, give him some love. And look, you know, we talk about this. As a Chargers fan, I live in, in Colorado. I have been hearing from people, mostly Broncos fans, joking that this dude is done and should retire for years now. Uh, yet this dude is having one of his best seasons of his career, man. 26 touchdowns to only six interceptions. Keep on balling, Rivers, because I'm loving it, man. It, it, it He just keeps getting better, man. I love it, man. You don't see him, and, and I hate it, man. All of these guys, and, and you know, as a Chargers fan, Saints fan, we keep hearing all this, like, fade the old dude, fade the old dude. Everybody wants the new hotness, like the new young craze. These old guys know what the hell they're doing, man, until somebody knocks them off, until somebody dethrones the king. I'm sorry, they still rule, so you just got to get with it. Yeah, and... and- you know, to Rivers specifically, uh, look, he's on an offense where he's not throwing the ball, and it's it's to the benefit of the team. He has a legitimate rushing game behind him to lean on, and they're not the Saints where they're just going to put up 50 a game. He hasn't, you know, been dominating and winning you weeks, but he damn sure has not been losing him. He's been steady, and he's been much better in terms of real football than fantasy. All right, man, who's your next stud? Well, talk about dethroning the king, the, the the new prince of fantasy and the NFL. 
he's uh, he's a little bit dangerous. I don't know if you've been on Twitter, but he's a little bit dangerous. Is uh, Baker Mayfield? That dude balled out this week. Nineteen of twenty six, two fifty eight, four touchdowns. Currently a top five quarterback this week in fantasy. He's been awesome, man. Freddie Kitchens has given him the elixir, and he's just been playing great. I think it just goes so much under the radar, considering that, you know, we heard the deafening hype when he came in, you know, versus the Jets, and he just played amazing. And since then, the volume has been turned down a little bit, but we need to turn it back up. We need to kick it up to 11, because this guy is playing awesome. Currently, right now, 2,242 passing yards, 17 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. If you were to take his per-game pace, and you throw that into a 16-game model, this guy would finish with a shade under 4,000 passing yards at 3,985 yards, 30 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. The two people that we talked – so we talked about Drew Brees and the old man quotient and people that are awesome. The two people that always get thrown into the same conversation as his comps or in the same sentence with him are Russell Wilson. Andrew Brees. Uh, their rookie seasons, Russell Wilson only threw for 3,118 yards, 26 tutties, and 10 interceptions. And Brees was at a shade over 3,200 yards, 17 touchdowns, and 16 interceptions. I know the league has changed a little bit. And yes, Russ was more viable with his legs, but we are not giving enough credence and shining a bright enough light onto what Baker Mayfield is doing in his rookie season. This needs to get more hype, Willie. I mean, how do you stand on it? You know me, man. You know that I love me some Baker yes, Mayfield. And, and and it's been that way from the beginning. And we're seeing him put it together, man. And he's looking. We, we Look, you saw him come out of college. You saw the amazing stats. You know what I mean? Accuracy. I mean, and we're seeing that now. We're seeing him two straight games with – at least three passing touchdowns, no interceptions. He's starting to click. I know the, the two defenses that he's faced in Atlanta and Cincinnati in the past two weeks are nothing special. But, I mean, that's five straight games of multiple touchdowns that he's throwing. He is – it just looks like a different team, man. It's fun to watch him kind of start to get it figured out. You know, he's still a rookie, but absolutely, man. He's coming out here and he's he is making – he's playing good football, dude. And it, I just – I love seeing it and – it's just it must be good to be a Browns fan right now. They've been waiting so long for that that quarterback. They have it in Baker Mayfield, and he's just going to keep getting better. All right, dude, my next guy, Amari Cooper, dude. Look, that former first-round pick looked the part on Thanksgiving. Dude balled out eight receptions for 180 yards and two touchdowns. Hats off to Dallas for getting Cooper involved early and often, man. Look, after they gave up that first-round pick. Everybody dogged on him. Um, you know, I, I still think it was a lot, but look, if Dallas makes this move for a talent like Cooper that they believe, like a lot of us viewed, you know, a couple years back before the hate really started raining down on him, dude. I mean, if they're going to use him credits to them, they have at least shown the ability to get him involved. And Cooper has shown the ability to, to really mesh well with what they got going on in Dallas. Currently the number one wide receiver on the week and won a lot of people some money on that Thanksgiving slate. So I'm just happy, dude. I've always been a Mari Cooper fan, always been a believer in him, and it's just good to see him land somewhere that they can actually use him, not with a, you know, a John Gruden. 
I love it, man. I mean, we got on here and talked about going into the playoffs, players you needed to trade for, and we were both loving Samari. His playoff schedule is amazing. I mean, it, it is it's juicy. So if you were one of the people that listened to us, you got Amari or you held on to him, you got to love him moving forward. I love the talent. The one thing that he never got, it was consistent targets. Dak is not the most amazing quarterback in the world, but Amari can do two things, and that's get open and catch the football when you give him the damn targets. And Dak is doing that. He's throwing in the ball. So we're going to see Amari play up and ball out for the rest of the season. I love it, man. Well, and, and and look how look how much different the offense look with when you have somebody like Amari Cooper, a legitimate number one wide receiver for you know defenses to have to to scheme around. Dak, it opens up the field for Dak and Zeke takes off a little bit of tension uh, from those two. It's it's just helping everything. Dak's looked much better over the past you know handful of weeks, and I think Amari Cooper plays a big role in that. All right, man. Before we move on to the duds, let's talk to the people about my bookie. Look. Get over there. We tell you guys every week we recommend you guys go over there, and that's because they've been good to us. Lay down some cash and win big today. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, look, maybe maybe you're not in the playoff run. You know what I mean? It's over for you. But, look, you can still head over there, bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game, and you can win some money. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code Locked on to activate the offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's M Y B O O K I E. And don't forget to use the promo code locked on. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, dude. Look, it's one thing to let us down in week six, but if you let us down in week 12, man, this is where the hate comes in and we don't draft your ass next year. We can't get over it. We're, we're mad. We're, we're throwing stuff. You know, you just ruined our, our nice, long Thanksgiving weekend. Who's that guy on your list, man? Because I know you got some. The guy that I'm going to be hate-throwing the remote, that I'm going to totally just be swigging back the shots to forget the memory of me playing him this week, is Alshon Jeffrey. And I thought this was going to be a bounce-back week for Alshon. I thought he was going to dominate the ghost of Janorius Jenkins. And for what he was given, three targets, he turned into three receptions and 39 yards. That is sure as hell not what you were hoping out of a supposed number one wide receiver, a guy that last we saw face the Giants had 74 yards and two touchdowns. It's It's been bad, man. And it was bad this week. I mean, he let you down. Because if you were starting Alshon, it was probably in your wide receiver two spot and this has been a different spot for Alshon. Since the Golden Tate trade, you saw Alshon have 8.8 targets per game. Prior to that trade, since Golden Tate has been in the building, he is only averaging 5.3 targets per game. In this game, he was fourth on the team in targets. Hell, he was even behind Dallas Goddard. That's got to tell you something. So I don't know that you definitely feel confident you know, starting Alshon Jeffrey moving forward. I mean, at this point of the season, if you don't have better options, trade deadlines are gone. I get it, but how do you feel good about it, Willie? I I don't see a way that you do. Yeah, there, there's no way around it, man. It's a guy that, I mean, even if, like you said, even if you're not banking him as your wide receiver one, man, it's you're you're feeling good at your wide receiver two spot when you're rolling Alshon out there. 
just based on the team he plays on and some of the performances we've seen on the year, you know, he came up with monster performances has not been the case, man. It's, it, it, it's rough when, when those guys that you feel like have a relatively, you know, safe floor go out there and, uh, and look in a PPR setting, he still only had six, six points. That's, that's not safe at all. I mean, 10, we can at least, you know, be pissed off and kind of get over, but six points, man, that kills you from from your wide receiver two, potentially your wide receiver one, hopefully not. Uh, look, I, I got underneath Alshon. I got rid of him for David Johnson in my league of record when when David Johnson was was really low, and and I, I look, I couldn't have, can't couldn't be happier about it. It's 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 going to be tough sledding, man. This 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 Eagles offense in general is just. It's hard to see that team where they're at now compared to how we viewed them coming into the season a lot. In large part, you 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 think, man, their defense is bad. That means monster weeks for Alshon did not happen. My first dud, Allen Robinson, dude. The roller coaster that has been Allen Robinson continued in week twelve. And and we warned about this a couple weeks back after he had that monster game. He made our our trade uh, segment, and he ended the day with two receptions for 37 yards on four targets, only gave his owners five fantasy points. Um, that, that, I mean, that means he has 11 fantasy points combined over the past two weeks after having that Monsters 31-point uh, game against Detroit in Week 10. And look, with most trade lines now, the trade deadlines now behind us, you're just going to have to live with the results if, you, if you're going to start this guy moving forward. Um, I love the talent, but the consistency has not been there on this offense. We talked about it. Nagy is, uh, he comes from that coaching tree where you're going to really try to exploit matchups. You're not going to just lean on guys because they might be your best receiver. No, that's not how it's worked. And that's what we've seen with Allen Robinson all year long. That is absolutely going to continue. Yes. Could he have a monster game? Of course he could, but he could also give you five points and kill you, uh, you know, moving forward in, in the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, I mean, we saw the first few weeks of the season where Mitch Trubisky was just trying to force the ball and treat Allen Robinson like that alpha, and it didn't work, man. I mean, that that offense was not humming. You saw him struggle just trying to do the Blake Bortles-esque stuff and give him the targets no matter what he was open or not, and it it, it didn't work. No, this offense is not going to operate that way. They're going to sit here and play matchups, and if Allen Robinson's open – and Trubisky's season. The other thing we had to get up in here is that uh, they, there were reports that uh, kind of surfaced over the weekend about uh, this might not just be a one-game absence for Trubisky as well. I, they talked about he has a sprained AC joint, and he might be out a little bit longer than that. I mean, Ethan could definitely dive into that later this week, but this this might be more than just a one-week little hiccup for Allen Robinson. I mean, what do you think, Willie? Yeah, I mean, you take Mitch out of the picture and we're talking about a whole different offense man look chase daniels is chase daniels made his money <laughs> as a backup but he's a backup let's keep that straight um anytime that Trubisky's going to miss games you can't you can't elevate anybody on this offense you have to downgrade everybody from an expectation standpoint that's just that's common sense man absolutely man so the next guy I got to get up in here for my dud of the week and hell the rest of the season has got to be Doug Baldwin. And for everybody that saw him catch a touchdown last week and they were like, all right, Doug Baldwin is going to be the stretch run hero. Russ Wilson is going to play up and Doug Baldwin's going with him. How'd that play out for you this week? That, that work out well? 
five receptions, 39 yards, no touchdowns on seven targets. This dude has only gone above 80 yards once the entire season. One touchdown the entire season, which happened to be mm, last week. So we've seen other wide receivers assert themselves in this offense. I know we've talked about, you know, minuscule volume and what have you. Doug Baldwin is supposed to be the one here. He ain't playing like the one. Tyler Lockett and David Moore both had 100 yards in this game. I just don't think Doug Baldwin is anywhere close to healthy. And I don't think he's going to be healthy for the entire season. That's why, like, draft season, I was telling everybody to avoid him. I don't trust him. I don't believe in him. I I honestly believe that for the rest of the season, if you have not already dropped Doug Baldwin, then you need to do it now. I would rather take a handcuff running back over Doug Baldwin right now. And that a lot of people might not agree with that. But you know what? Look at the proof is in the pudding. Look at his stat lines. Look at what he has not done for your teams the entire season. How in the hell are you going to feel good about him in the fantasy playoffs? Willie, I mean, do you think Doug Baldwin is droppable? I'm not willing to drop him. Um, but I, I will say that, look, you have to get past the name. The name is what keeps people holding on to him. They keep in, in the injuries, you know, he's waking up feeling better. Well, none of us are going to be waking up feeling better tomorrow based on his performance. That's for damn sure. But the thing is with him, dude, this offense is a run heavy offense. Like it's not like this is, you know, Russell Wilson where we saw him trending every year in terms of, of, of passing. No, this is a run first offense. There's going to be as, as few a times as they have to throw the ball. That's what they're trying to do. That's, that's the Schottenheimer way over there. And, like you said, Tyler Lockett continues to be the guy that uh, you know a lot of people thought he could be. He's been a touchdown monster, and you know it doesn't match maybe his receiving uh, stats. And you, you can say that he's he's in store for regression. That's fine. That does not mean that all of a sudden Doug Baldwin is going to bounce back up to the guy we've seen. This is an older guy with 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 injuries to both knees coming. Into the season, he had one. Then he suffers another knee injury. I just don't want to deal with it, man. I, I, if if I needed to play somebody based on you know very limited options, then yes, I, I would still probably have to roll Doug Baldwin out there. But if I can afford to bench this guy, then I'm absolutely going to bench him. Because like you said, you have to just look at the stat line and, and get over the name equity. Well, because people get married to that. They're still living off of, of draft season. At this point of the season – you got to quit worrying about that. It doesn't matter what that dude's name is. If he's going to sit here and produce for your fantasy team, you got to get over it. You got to be willing to to pivot and start players like this week. It doesn't matter. You you should have been willing to sit Allen Robinson and roll out Anthony Miller or Taylor Gabriel with a noodle arm Chase Daniels over Allen Robinson because he just wasn't going to be involved. So people that are still rolling with the name value – you are not going to be bringing home uh, fantasy trophies at the end of the year. I'm just saying it. I agree, man. All right, my next guy, Duke Johnson, man, killed lineups this week, finished the day with two rushing attempts for 16 yards and one reception on two targets. And, oh, you know Johnson owners, man, they had to just be cringing when they saw that Nick Chubb uh, touchdown reception, man. It was a great catch. But when you own Duke Johnson, you don't want to see Nick Chubb 
uh, catching touchdowns. And this this was a product of game flow, in my opinion. The Browns were up big early on the Bengals, which meant they didn't really need to lean on on Johnson's skill set in the passing game. I do expect a bounce back uh, moving forward, but damn, man, fantasy four fantasy points hurts regardless of game flow, whatever, man. You you don't care when he's in your lineup throwing up four a four spot. Well, the other part about this, and I watched every moment of this game. For anybody that didn't watch the game, the part that stings about this too is that one of those two targets, he dropped a touchdown in the end zone. So even if you rolled him out, if you were (laughs) – the touchdown was going to save his day. As soon as he went boop and he dropped that and butterfingers it, you were (laughs) – Oh my gosh, I'd have been so pissed if I started Duke Johnston. Yeah, dude, you got you got to just just put in put it behind you because he was coming off two straight games of double digit fantasy points. Man, four points to follow that up. That's a rough one, man. Uh, all right, let's let let's move forward, man. Let's go over to this Monday night preview. Titans on the road to take on the Texans. Start me off with the Titans, man. Looks like Marcus Mariota will be out there slanging it with that uh that uh, elbow looks to be ready to rock what are you looking at from the titans uh that's what they're saying for the titans i don't i don't know if i'm buying it man mike Vrabel came out and he said i would imagine marcus mariota would be ready for this game towards the latter part of this to of the week and it, come on man if your quarterback is anywhere close to 100 percent, and your backup is blaine gabbert who can't throw a football worth a shit, are you going to imagine that he's going to be the starter? Hell no. You know that he's going to be under center. So I just, I don't think that Mariota is anywhere close to healthy in this matchup. I, and we've seen Marcus Mariota go out there and what he's done less than 100%. I mean, over the entirety of the season, he's quarterback 30 for fantasy points per game. And that's out of a sample size of quarterbacks with three or more starts for the year. That's it's putrid. It's absolutely terrible. So I mean, I, look, I I understand if you got him, and, and because of superflex, because of two quarterback leagues, buys what have you. If you got him, roll him out there. But I will definitely say, do not feel comfortable about it. Don't feel good about it. If you have to do it, you grit your teeth and you bear it. It's just like watching a Blake Bortles start. You just say, all right, I'm not going to watch it. I'll check the box score tomorrow. You, you can't feel good about Marcus Mariota here. On to the running backs. Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry. This backfield has been a mess. And I know that people have had a lot of love over the last few weeks for Deion Lewis. But if you look at what he's done for the entirety of the season, much less The last four games. Yes, everybody wants to talk about the volume. And yeah, he got the touches. But he has not done a whole hell of a lot with it in the last few games. Over the last four games, 62 rushing attempts. He has only managed to turn that into 234 rushing yards, 3.7 yards per carry for a guy that has only had two touchdowns on the entire season. And you can't even talk about pass game involvement. Because we had, what, what, four games go? Six targets. Four targets? Two targets? Nah, this doesn't sound like this is trending in the right direction. Last game, one target. 
So even if you want to talk about, okay, well, he's got the volume. Okay. Has he done anything with it? No. Okay. Well, he's got pass game role. Um, no, 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 he doesn't. Not really. Not at all. Over to Derrick Henry. He's the one that's actually been coming on in this backfield. And I'm not telling you that it's great. I'm not telling you to feel great about it or, or that you want to rush out and start him. But over the last four games and in a, in a rushing effectiveness, he's been better than Deion Lewis. 4.3 yards per carry. He's turned 38 carries into 164 yards. And he is the one that has been getting the goal line looks. I talked about Deion Lewis only has two touchdowns in the entire season. Derrick Henry has four touchdowns in the last four games. Four games. So if you're looking for somebody, I can't honestly tell you, if you're at desperation point, if you had both of these guys on your roster, who are you starting, Willie? Because I'm leaning towards Derrick Henry at this point at getting the goal line one you know, yard touchdown dive. Are you, are you going with Dion over Henry? Oh, dude, you might as well flip a coin. <laughs> you know what it's I mean? True. Like you said, it's, uh, it's, it's ugly, man. I, I still think in a PPR setting, I, I, I get what you're saying with both these guys. I just can't. <laughs> Derrick Henry's Derrick Henry's that guy that every time, that you know that I've never been a fan of, but every time that I'm like, this is his week, or I decide I'm gonna start him. I don't own him in any of my leagues, but anytime that I play him in DFS, it, it's always the opposite. So when in doubt, I go with the other guy. So I would have to go with Deion Lewis by default. No, I I, I don't I don't blame you, man. I mean, the dude is like, he's he's the, the 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 unpretty sloth of fantasy football right now. Uh, the Houston Texans are not giving up a lot on the ground. 77 rushing yards per game, 3.6 yards per carry. So it's a da- it's a terrible matchup. On to the wide receivers. The only one that you're possibly considering starting is Corey Davis. And like I talked about it, when Mariota's not been healthy, Corey Davis has been bad. And just when you thought, I talked about it last week, just when you thought you could trust Corey Davis, Mariota's banged up again. And if you're at this point of the season, you're worrying about starting Corey Davis I imagine that you're probably not going to be making playoffs. And if you are, kudos to you because you probably have better options or it's, it's bi-week hell for you. But Corey Davis I, faces uh, probably mostly in coverage this week, Sharice Wright, who, yes, he's given up a, 106 points, uh, a 108.6 rating to opposing wide receivers. But if you look at it, uh, you dial it up a little bit more, you look at it, He's mostly been in zone coverage, and Corey Davis has not been good in zone coverage. Only a 76.4 rating. He's only caught 16 out of his 29 targets for a 55% catch rate. It's not good, man. I I would be sending Corey Davis unless you just have absolutely no option this week. On to tight ends. Jonu Smith, I love him. I love the talent, but it's just not been there. Like I talked about bad Mariota, it continues here. Johnny Smith, I know he, he's coming off an eight-target game. I loved him last week, but that was supposedly with healthy Mariota. I don't love him this week. I just don't think that he's going to produce versus a Texans defense that is going to be getting after Mariota religiously. And Johnny Smith, this entire offense in general, is just going to throw another turd up there this week. Uh, Willie, what do you see on the other side of the ball for the Texans? Dude, honestly, I see this. I see this matchup as as a lower scoring affair than most people probably will. I think it's going to be two solid defenses 
going at it, man. I don't expect a ton of firepower from this game. Um, from Deshaun, Deshaun Watson particularly, like he's coming off that two interception, eight fantasy point outing against the Redskins last week, and he's taken on a Titans defense that has given up the seventh fewest fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. Titans are also giving up the third fewest passing touchdowns on the season. I expect Watson to have a decent night. I, I, I give him more than the eight he had last week, but I by no means do I expect a monster game from him going against his defense. I just – look, these defenses are tough, man. Both of them are. Uh, Titans defense is one of the most most underrated defenses, in my opinion, in all of football. Uh, that, that's one side of the ball that they, they really are consistent in – in terms of just just being a, it's just a defense that you don't want to face. I think that that's what the the Texans are going to feel, and and I think that bleeds right into Lamar Miller. Look, he's never a sexy name among the fantasy community, but the volume's there. I mean that that's a plus. He saw twenty three touches last week against the Redskins. He's going to need those touches, man, just for opportunities to to fall in the end zone. Uh, Titans defense have given up the third fewest rushing touchdowns to running backs, also rank in the top five in terms of fewest fancy points given up to the position. All you can really point to with Lamar Miller is that volume, dude, but I, I really do think it's going to be a touchdown or bust game uh, in, in this one. Uh, for DeAndre Hopkins, he's the only guy that I really just feel confident about. He should feast in this one going up against the Titans defense that just continues to give up fantasy production to the wide receiver position getting with the six most fantasy points to the position on the year. They have given up the seventh most touchdowns to wide receivers. I expect Hopkins to take uh, Malcolm Butler to school tonight. As far as the other wide receivers, I like uh, Kiki, man. Look, I like him over to Marius Thomas. He saw a team high nine targets last week, caught five of those for 77 yards. Uh, so I, I, I do like him, especially in the PPR setting. Obviously, for Demarius Thomas, he really is just a touchdown or bust flex option. I, I don't want to have to rely on on him. Uh, don't want to to play him in, in a single-game slate tonight. Uh, in terms of tight ends, you don't want to bank on any of these guys. I mean, Texans are basically rolling out a committee at the position. Then you add in the fact that the Titans are giving up the fewest fantasy points to the tight end position, man, on the year. I'm staying clear of all of those guys uh, tonight. Uh, so who you got winning this one, man? I think the Texans bring it home. I don't even think it's close, man. I, I think that I, I could see the Texans actually Watson. I They don't have anybody in that, in that uh, secondary that can stay with DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, this guy has shown – Dude, he took Jalen Ramsey. He's taking all these top corners to school. Even if they shadow him with a Dory Jackson, dude, a Dory Jackson just got burnt by T.Y. Hilton. I think the Texans are going to feast in this one. I, I I look at it as probably a, a twenty-eight to thirty-one to ten game. I think the Texans are going to dominate. Yeah, see, and I don't expect that much scoring. I'm, I'll give I'll give the Texans, you know, a nineteen to thirteen win. I just don't expect a. A lot of fireworks in this one, but hey, we'll see, man. We'll we'll see what happens. But look, stay tuned for tomorrow's show. We are shifting gears to fantasy playoffs, man. I am so stoked about that. It is is game time, man. We've put in all this time. It is finally go time. Hopefully, uh, you know our information has helped lead you guys to to the playoffs. We will continue to do our best to to do our homework and and, and try to provide you know insight to what we believe is going to happen. And let's try to bring those trophies home, man. Like I said, you can follow me on Twitter at WillieFF247. Hit up Derek at DBro underscore FFB. And hit up the main page at FFB underscore 247. DBro, we will catch you next time, brother. 
Hell yes, and for 24-7, we are out. <laughs>